Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And here we are again for another edition of Emil Franzing's Voices of the West. We are streaming live to yes. you. From the beautiful White Stallion Ranch, just lo- uh, located just north of Tucson, I'm Harry Alexander. Bunker de France is here in Los Angeles. It is our insider, Todd Roberts. Howdy. Yeah, we're here and he's Hello. not. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Today's pro- got Nola. Yeah, today we got, we got scenery. Well, yeah. Uh, today's program is a little bit about this and a little bit about that and a little bit about the other thing. And... Uh, I call them nuggets. Actually, Bunker coined that term, nuggets. Yeah. Uh, I lo- That's just one step above road apples. <laughs> you can kick nuggets. You shouldn't kick road apples. No, well, you can if you you're can, dry. But you shouldn't. Yeah. You know, well, anyway. It's like, you know, Frisbee was invented by cowboys. That's right. Um, flying cow chips. Yeah. I chip. thought it was invented by drunk Greek guys at restaurants. A chip, chip of the flying you. <laughs> actually, actually okay. you know, the true story of that is that... That comes from my uncle Alvin over in East Texas. Is he the frog herder? Yeah. Well, this this was his grandson. I see. And a bunch of those kids were over at the place many many years ago visiting, and he had this cat, you know, ranch cat, took care of the varmints and the mice and stuff called called frisbee. Right. I can see what's and going on. Us kids, you know, we used to play with that cat all the time. We come over there one time, you know, we're all visiting, and we haven't seen the cat. Uncle Alvin, where's Kitty? Where's the kitty cat? Where's Frisbee? He said, I haven't seen him for days. I haven't seen him for days. I'm worried about that cat. Anyhow, we're playing. He ended up down by the road. Guess what? We found him. He'd been run over. Yep. Many, many, many times and yep. dried out. <clears throat> yep. So we, you know, we did the right thing. You know, we scraped him up. It was hard because he was kind of adhered to the pavement. Yeah. <laughs> but we were, t- we we're going to take him back to Uncle Alvin so he could have the proper, right. you know, re- remembrances. Right. But being kids, the next thing you know, we're tossing him back and forth, and he's just floating through the air. How oh, nice! Well, this fellow, this old Texan in a big long Cadillac pulls up and rolls the window down. And he says, "Hey, you kids, what are you doing?" Yep. He says, well, we're playing with Frisbee. Yep. He says, hmm, interesting. He says, I'm a toy maker. And that's the last word. I got you. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a member of the Church of the Holy Frisbee. <laughs> we believe when you die, your soul goes up on a roof. It does. <laughs> with the squirrels. And the squirrels play with you. I digress. <laughs> we both digress. Uh, today's program is about nuggets. It's about we, digression. <laughs> digression, yeah. We're going to digress here. We got uh, bunches of things that we want to talk about, but I think what's in the news is the what's in the news the, the nonsense, and that's the the polite word for it that went on at the Academy Awards uh, this past Sunday. Um, I don't watch Academy Award shows because I don't want to see the plastic people, and I could care less. Uh, none of the movies that I would watch will ever be nominated for uh, Academies anyway, in, in, at this point anyway. So, but I know Todd watched it, and I know Bunker watched it. Parts of it. Parts of it. But Todd, you watched it, and you've got some very, very, very pointed opinion about what transpired. Todd, and Todd has a pointed opinion? He does. And oh. I want Todd to uh, point it out. Point it out, as it were. So the floor is yours, sir. Well, thank you to both of you, um, and I appreciate you indulging me. Point of interest, point of interest. (laughs) Yeah. I have the floor. Uh, Will Mr. Smith give up the floor? No, Claude Rains, I will not give up the floor. Um, So I I come to you with a very... uh, Shall I say heavy heart? Well, let me preface this before you start, Todd. And for those listeners who don't, who may not know about you, um, your dad, Bobby Roberts, produced both Marty Walsh pictures as well as a number of other pictures. And music. He was a record producer, produced the Mamas and Papas, songwriter. I mean, you. He knew his shit. Your dad has been. uh, Entertainment was his life. Entertainment has been your life as well, from what I know about you. And so that's, you. that's how we. That's how I want to preface 
this discussion because you come from you an entertainment knowledgeable. And you come from an entertainment background, yeah. so there we go. Okay, go for it. Thank you, thank you both. Uh, I, you know, this was a hot uh, in my family. Uh, the Oscar night uh, was like a holiday. Uh, we we had uh, a big dinner in 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 the TV room where we watched the we watched the ceremony often. Uh, my favorite meals ever were my father went to uh, an Italian takeout place called Maria's Italian Kitchen and would bring back all these dishes and we'd eat and enjoy and as a family not very very rarely was anyone invited in inside the home on that evening it was kind of a family affair thing and for me it was very for all of us it was very it was great it was special it was kind of like a holiday in a way. It was like Thanksgiving dinner in a way. And uh, we looked at it uh, and looked forward to it with great anticipation. So over the years now, um, I've plus, seen a plus, decline. Plus you knew a lot of, you and your father knew a lot of, and mother knew a lot of the people involved uh, who were going to be getting these awards or who were part of the awards process. Oh, Academy, oh yeah. 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 And, and. And I'll also share a very dirty little secret, which uh, hopefully none of the Board of Governors of the Academy is listening, but if they are, they are. My father sat around with us and talked about the nominations and talked about, you know, this. have you seen this movie? It's up for this guy's up for this. That, that guy over there is up for that. What do you think? What, is, what about this gal over here? What do you think of her? And he had a, he, he, he had a very simple rule. His rule was he voted for his friends. That's who he voted for. All right. The ones that were open for discussion were the ones where he didn't have a friend in the running. <laughs> but he always had, he always had a, he was always, you know, my dad always was leaning towards somebody. He never showed his cards. So sometimes we'd all get very passionate or maybe it was just my mom and I and him or whoever the population was and we'd talk about it and and then, you know, he'd say, well, I'm leaning towards so-and-so. And then my mom and I might say, you know, in unison, oh, God, that's a horrible choice. <laughs> on and on and on. And he'd go, he'd sit there and listen to you and go on and on. And then he'd go, okay, I'm still voting for Charlie. Okay, guys, thanks. You mean like and, when Yul Brenner beat out James Dean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and you had, it was just a thing for us. I know it sounds sentimental and corny or a little whatever but that for me it was really something special for all of us it was and we really look forward to it and i've just watched it decline and decline and decline over over the years you know there's this old joke in hollywood you know i'm going to probably sh share some uh backroom secrets here but um everybody in the industry and everybody in the academy says the show's too long that's always been the complaint it's too long and uh Every time the Academy and or the network, being ABC, tries to bring in somebody to uh, make the show hip or spice it up or speed it up or, or make it funny or funnier or this or that, it always goes wrong. Not, not one of those scenarios has ever worked. Our, the, one of the worst examples was when the uh, great entertainment uh, icon Alan Carr was asked to come in and spoof spiff up the show and so on and that's when he had um uh uh rob lowe chasing ricky lake around uh doing thrusting motions with his pelvis which made uh elvis look like a a, a cub scout meeting mm. um and you know and horrible musical musical numbers and so on and so on and every time they say you know this time the show's going to be shorter and it's always the same or worse than it was the year before. And the viewership has continued to go down. And let me also preface that this year the Academy came out after the show was over, this last most recent Oscars, celebrating themselves and patting themselves on the back that this year, it, great news, this year's viewership was up from last year. Well, last year it was a Zoom call. So uh, saying that it was better than the year before is like saying, um, you know, uh, uh, my last 
picnic was a lot more lively than the one before. Where was the one before? I held it in a cemetery. I think so. <laughs> you know, where, 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 our, shall I say, our frame of reference, what are our mile, our mile markers, our milestones, we don't have much to work off of. And my main point about how far this show has sank and I'm not going to get into specifics. If you want to know specifics, you're going to have to go watch it on YouTube or somewhere. But, you know, there's a great line in the film, and, and this is really my summation of this, is there's a great line, and I've said it before on the show in the film Sunset Boulevard, that Gloria Swanson says, as the great character uh, Norma Desmond, who is a silent film star whose day has passed her by, and uh, William Holden is a young, up-and-coming writer who's, you know, a smart aleck and a kind of a shyster. And, you know, uh, she says that, uh, you know, uh, they sit every night, they sit in her living room and watch her old films. And for him, it's like watching paint dry. Um, and he, you know, he, she's like, she gets so into it. She stands up and she starts, you know, talking to the screen, which is talking to herself because she's talking to herself as the character and there she is in real life. And you start to think, oh, my God, this woman's solutional. And she says, you know, and he's like, he has some smart aleck comment for her. And she says, uh, uh, you know, he's like, who are you talking to? Mm. She goes, I'm talking to all those people out there in the dark. <laughs> you know, genius. And, you know, when he, she says that line on the surface, you kind of take it away that, oh my God, she's really delusional. She's not just nuts, she's crackpot nuts. But I think that's, you know, everybody says that that's the, you know, the the most important uh, hey, John, line in the film is... Before is I have to slap you, let's get to the slap. <laughs> Okay. Well, wait, before before you get to the slap, I'm going to tell you the reason why the show is as long as it is and it will not ever drop in terms of the time length is because of television. And uh, the commercials. And the, the commercials, the advertising revenue that comes in. That's the reason. That's why a football game lasts six frickin' hours instead of the well, uh, one hour. I'm not going to disagree with you uh, about the time. It's how they filled the time. I agree. I agree. Well, you know, th I want to point that's something That's my out. point. So let me finish my story here. here. Okay, well. So she basically says, you know, I'm speaking to all those people out there in the dark. Everybody says that the most poignant line in the film is, you know, we didn't we didn't need dialogue. We had faces, but her most poignant f point in the film is, I'm talking to all those people in the dark, as if the people in the movie theater are really there, and she's oh, they're watching a live show. The people out there in the dark are who buy the tickets. That's the people who create stars, and Hollywood has forgotten those people. They care they care about the people on their phones, on their iPads, and on their tablets. That's who they care about. Not the people in the dark, not the people in the theaters, not the people buying tickets. So that is why I think we see the quality, the lack of quality and the lack of civility and the lack of class in Hollywood that we see. I think I want to wrap up the Academy Awards with this one thought. At the very end... <laughs> Ow, Harry, don't do that, that hurts. But, you know, at the very end of it, they always... Just to, just before they do the best picture and director, they do in memorial all of the people that have passed away in the past year. This year they're putting them, they start that, and all of a sudden there's this huge dance production number, and they keep moving away from the people on the screen that are to be remembered yes. for a bunch of people yes. jumping around to some really bad music. And well, to me, that is just, that is the epitome of the whole show. It's lost sight of where it's, what it's about. It's lost sight of the fact that it, it's not about people getting up there and making self-righteous speeches about guinea pigs and drag. It's not about that. It's about the art, the art form, the people that make it. And, you know, like this year, they wanted to drop off a whole bunch of categories because it was running so long. Well, they well that's did. what it's about they, is the categories. They, they, they did drop off. A, uh, they dropped off eight awards, which the people still got their award, but they are now not on television. Well, not so, only that, but people don't those, realize. Think about this. You see, a day or two before that, 
they have the technical awards done during the day, which is still part of the Academy Awards. There's literally more awards given out that day than on the night of the Academy Awards. Sounds like Ella agrees with you there, Bunker. Well, she she very well could. Ella! Yep. All so, right. the other thing I want to just mention is the fact that you know, there's a now in response to the the craziness of the last Oscar show. There's a lot of people pointing out, no, this is not the most disgraceful moment in Oscar history or the worst show. The worst one was when John Wayne tried to drag Sasheen Littlefeather off the stage uh, at the '72, '73 uh, awards for Marlon Brando in in place of Marlon Brando winning his award. She was sent up there by him. Um, that's another lie that John Wayne. Yeah. tried to drag her off the stage uh, and I will stand toe-to-toe with anybody and everyone who says differently period uh, uh, that it, I've been in this business for 50 years I've been around it all my life it's the first time I've ever heard that story now this week first time in my life imagine that so that's, that's counterculture inventing yeah, history exactly hey. rewriting history bunker rewriting history you're absolutely right the way they want and it to be it's sad. Agree. Well, they sure don't want it the way it is. Well, that's the real, sure. real history. Hey, we're going to do our first commercial break here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. It's a Nuggets program. When we come back, we've got some more interesting info to talk about. We'll be back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of Westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. Imus Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tanker Verde in Tucson. 520-777-1911. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Out here, do process is a bullet. This is the Voices of the West. Back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, thought I'd fire up the mariachis here. Mariachis, that's not mariachis. That's mariachis, man. That's mariachis. Oh, yeah, that's a I little didn't hear no guitar I'm telling you, Los Lobos there. Disco, you done food. Pancho again. We're back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. Uh, it's a Nuggets program. A little bit about this, a little bit about that, and a little about... A little bit about the other thing. A lot about nothing. And nothing, like a Seinfeld show. Nothing. I got some stuff here. I want to I wanna bring some folks up to date. We had a fellow on the show a while back, John Bossenecker. You remember yep, him? Yep, you know, yep. the 
He did a book called, uh, what was it called? Wildcat. The Untold Story of Pearl Hark. In which, curious in, which, in which somebody on Facebook, on our post on Facebook, uh, suggested that uh, Boston Naker made up the story or uh, did not tell the truth on it. Uh, so, Well, whoever that person, they need to get take their brain out and play with it. I think that's already been uh, discussed. Yeah. But <laughs> I think somebody discussed that, that very this well. Can always, this you, is the you point always, I was about uh, to make. You can always be sure that uh, <laughs> there's always going to be enough yahoos to come out of the woodwork. Yeah. Well, even, to, even, the West, to, even the West has... Try to piss in the punch. Yeah. Uh, but the, the point I wanted to make is uh, the... 2022 Southwest Books of the Year list came out, yep. and he made one of the top picks. Imagine that. Our guest. <laughs> Congratulations. Now, yep. I wish I wish I had a Harper of Well Pardons was here with us because I've got some Hollywood news. A sco- couple of scoops here. Very well. Yes. Uh, one we've got we got a we movie. We had a teletype here. We got a movie <laughs> coming up. Give me a do, 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 you know, I know. all the ships at sea kind of thing here. Hello, uh, Americans and all the ships at sea. Walter Winchell here. Yeah, well, Kevin <laughs> Costner's got a, a big western coming out. He's going to start this summer called Horizon for his territorial films. He's the producer, he's the financier, and he is the star. And this is a longtime passion project with him, so we might be looking at another lonesome, a long, open range, some open kind range. of lonesome range here. All right. Now we got. Well, the, he's he's. It's a hundred million dollar budget, and he is in Montana and Wyoming right now, scouting locations himself. Right. There you personally. go. Wow. Now moving over into the world of television, uh, Disney is developing Zorro again with uh, Wilmer Valderrama as Zorro, an executive producer, and it will be set in the Pueblo de los Angeles. Spanish California. Mm-hmm. I look forward to that because I like this guy. He's, he's an interesting actor, young actor. Okay. And then this is coming, this is starting a streaming on the 24th of this month. It's another episode or another version of Billy the Kid. And <laughs> an English actor named Tom Blythe is playing Billy. And it's based on the life of Billy the Kid. Can you imagine that? What more can be said, or how many times can you tell the story of Billy the Kid? Ad, in, ad nauseum. Yep. Because it's well, how many times can they tell the story of Custer? How many times can they tell the story of the OK Corral? How many times can they tell the story of uh, any of the other, uh, well, Buffalo you know, Bill, or anything else? The, the truth, the truth the, is, the, when you look at those topics, those are money in the bank for the publishers and for the writers. Well, you know because the ending. You got, you got. Well, no, it's not that. You got two factions. Everybody disagrees with the other. You know, there's this people that hate Stuart Lake and people that say, well, yeah, but he started it. You got Boyer, who, you know, Emo loved and, and to quote Emo, this guy is the authority. And there's a whole school of guys out there now trying to debunk him. Yeah. And they can't, but they're trying. Yeah. Well, yeah, there there's always going to be haters, and there's there's always going to be uh, people who want to detract from you, who are just jealous because they don't have the talent or the wherewithal to do it themselves. Um, and unfortunately, um, you know, we we see this a lot. Uh, that's one of the other most honestly the most poignant moment last night at the other Oscars the other night was was not lost on me, uh, and I've talked to Harry about it continuously, which was. To watch Kevin Costner come out and hand out the award for that best was director. the best moment. That was the only when, dignified and, moment on that show. Yeah, and he told the story of what got him into film, which was being taken at the age of seven to see uh, how the West was won and how it changed his life. And you know, I think that's a very poignant moment, and I think. Only the next poignant moment is when he then hands the Oscar over to Jane Campion for Power of the Dog, which is a film that his fellow actor co-star in a sister series, uh, Yellowstone 1883, to his Yellowstone, Sam Elliott, says, uh, I hated that film. It's a piece of doo-doo. And I think that's very poignant because Hollywood does not like to acknowledge the Western. They try to continually 
redo the, the recipe or the formula, and every time they do that in that fashion, it doesn't work. But when they leave it alone and let it be real, it usually does work. And, and um, we can witness that from uh, uh, two past guests that we've had on this show, Travis Mills and John Mars. Yes. Uh, both of those gentlemen make uh, some fantastic, have made some fantastic One westerns. One month for 12 months. Doggone it. And, uh, good ones. And they are doggone good. Uh, I would stack up any one of those to Power of the Dog on any damn day of the week. I did not watch all of Power of the Dog. I could not watch it. I did not like the film. I liked Benedict Cumberbatch as an actor. He was great in uh, in uh, the Sherlock Holmes, uh, Sherlock Holmes adventures. He was great yes. in, uh, what was the other one, uh, uh, something uh, around the world. It was a, a mini-series. Um, yes. He, he was yes. good in that. Um the man is a, a great actor. He is a great, great actor. actor. However, and Jane Campion is a great director. She how, won the Oscar for the piano. However, however, who the hell cares about this particular story? Which think, there is none. You know, I think there's a there's a place for it, but I think it's more more on the printed page than on the screen. I'm sorry, there is no story. Well, no, there is, but it's but it's well, Harry. I agree with you both. First of all, there is a story, but but why do we care about this story? The story is about a bully, and since when do we make a sh- an entire film about a bully? That's well, it's what a murder is. mystery a too. But who, here, by the way, who's who, who's a little bit off anyway? Who likes to go up at the end of the day and keep his chaps on and lay on his bed and play the banjo? I don't know about you, but I don't want to sleep in a bed that's had chaps on top of it after they've been working all day. I thought that's and my that's my jammies. The the horse sweat. You're talking about my jammies. Well, well, hey, but well, do you I, play I wanna, the banjo by yourself? Here. Yeah, well, no, I, I can't play the I can't play the banjo. I play the radio. But I, you know, the other one thing of is, the is that the movie is made by an Australian, shot in New Zealand, and yeah. as Sam Elliott said so eloquently, what the hell does she know about the West, the American West? Well, there's too there's too many experts uh, on both sides of the fence, and that's part of the problem. Uh, I want to I want to move to something here though because at the, at the end of the Academy Awards I mentioned in memoriam. Yeah. Well, I want to do a little in memoriam of our own. This is some of the people we lost during the last uh, year. Dirk London, or are known as Ray Boyle, he passed away. He's a fine actor. Uh, Donald May, who uh, was did the Colt Forty Five for a while, replacing Wade Preston, passed away. Uh, a really great loss, a, a really super guy. I knew him, and I, I used to stop and visit over at his place. It was Lester Bayless. He did a ton of the Wayne movies. Wayne thought he was one of the best uh, costumers there was in the business. And then another fellow, which I think Harry will associate with this one, Bobby Clark from oh, yeah. Casey Jones. He yeah. passed away. Yeah. Young kid actor who did a great job. Sidney Poitier, I, who I worked with on Do with Diablo Past, we mentioned that before. We lost Dwayne Hickman, uh, Sally Kellerman. Who, uh, she's not noted for her westerns, but she did a whole bunch of TV westerns. Uh, Mitch Ryan, who I uh, photo doubled on uh, Monty Walsh, he passed away this last year. A fine actor. This guy was one of the. One of the better Shakespearean actors, mm-hmm. you never know it, yeah, because it, right. you know, all he did was stage. And a, a personal friend, Ray Guth, passed. And Ray, God, he, he, he's, he's one of those guys, he's like he's like our old B heavies, you know, Hinchy. Yeah. Yeah. He was in everything, done everything. Uh, Bill Vint, who Jesse Vint's brother, he passed, great stuntman. Uh, Nick Giorgiotti, I don't know, I'm butchering his name. Uh, he passed. Another actor, stuntman, Rudy Duchette, passed away. He came out at rodeo and stuff up in Phoenix. And let's see, anybody else here working? There's still some other people, but I'm going to. Oh, Nick Dimitri, another stuntman, he passed away. Um, this guy, he, he, he's unique. He was one of Mae West's body bodyguard guys. <laughs> but, uh, and he and he, doubled, he doubled the big man, you know. Yeah. We are streaming to you uh, our program today live from the White Stallion Ranch uh, just north of Tucson. In case uh, you hear a bunch of noise in the background, we love the ambient noise. 
uh, we love this ranch. That's why, one of the reasons why we're here. We're still waiting for a, an actual stampede to come running by here. <laughs> yeah, just tune into a Gene film and you'll see it. Yes. <laughs> because they did film a bunch out here. Anyway, we're going to take our break early because when we come back, I'm going to bring up something in my uh, spot for Nuggets oh. that I think uh, is going to create a rather lively discussion. So slapping and whatnot. No, we're not going to do any of that oh, nonsense. Harry, quit doing that, will you? Well, then keep your damn. <laughs> we'll be back with much more of Abel Franzi's Voices of the West after this. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster, from online backup services to email filtering to fully managed. Network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304 8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 skeet fields, two five stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000 square foot clubhouse, 200 full service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. You've got some cattle you want rustled, but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job. Little lady up the road apiece won't strike a deal with you about water rights. You out there! Come one step near and old Bess here will spit right in your eye. So you need to strike your own deal, but you need the right henchmen to do the job. The stage is hauling a Wells Fargo box loaded with gold. You've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold, but blank henchmen to pull off the job. What to do? You better start packing a handgun. Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scruffy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our Rena henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a Rena hench to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Red a hench, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. Hello, this is Sergeant Whitlock, United States Cavalry, and I'm here on Voices of the West. This is the Voices of the West. To another edition of Emil Francie's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander Bunker to France, Tom Roberts in Los Angeles, and that mystery voice that you heard after the Red Hench commercial was uh, John Mars. John Mars. Uh, he was our one of our in studio guests a, a while back. Yeah, we had a ton of fun with him. He was a uh, Sergeant Rod Village there, and he he and Travis Mills have paired up to do a bunch of westerns, twelve of them in twelve months. Good stuff. Anyway. We're back now, um, and yes, we are. It, it is a. Uh, We're going to do something. It, it, it is. It, it's a Nuggets program, and uh, it's about uh, you know a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and most some of the other thing. One of the things that uh, I always have a, well, not always, but frequently, now always have a complaint about with Hollywood. You don't complain. Uh, you help once in a while. The hell but you I don't. don't. Complain. <laughs> yeah, talk to my wife about that one. Yeah. Well, that's um, uh, what is lacking in Hollywood these days is the character actor. Oh, we were talking about that Friday. Yeah. That's exactly right. Now, with our our spoof there with the Renta Hench uh, commercial, uh, mentioned some characters there, Bud Osborne, Charlie King, uh, folks like that. Mm-hmm. Those are some were some fantastic character actors of the B-movie uh, time. Tom Harvey. We never talk about Don Harvey. Don Harvey's another great one. 
Uh, lots of these folks have uh, had careers in the B movies uh, and, and may not have had a career if they had not been character actors. Where's the character actor of today? We don't have them. The last that I maintain we had in terms of character actors, Strother Martin, Jack Elam, um, folks like that. Yeah. And they're well, most gone. Most of those moved up into from character actors to supporting actors. Supporting actors, but yeah. none of them ever had a starring role, yeah. nor did, nor probably would they have ever wanted a starring role. But they were great as supporting actors, as character actors, and that's something Hollywood doesn't do anymore. Well, you know, there's an interesting thing there, too, because if you look at it, uh, some of the supporting actors back in the bees were actually making more money than the star. <laughs> Uh, because you know, a lot of the stars, they would be on a weekly salary, maybe six hundred dollars, yeah, yeah. and these guys would come in, and they may only be like four hundred or whatever, but they might do two or three movies in a week, right? And that adds up. And these guys were working all. That's one of the things that constantly blows me away is you, you you'll come across the film you haven't seen, and all and there they are, all all the old regulars. And the same with stuntmen, yeah. and you can attest to that bunker because. We had been talking about uh, your friend Neil Summers, mm -hmm. and Neil appeared in buttloads of westerns, and uh, I mean, as a character actor and as a stuntman, and you know, you did as well. Well, well you know, this is interesting because you know, uh, I'm sitting here in front of me. There's an article about Henry Wills that Neil wrote, right? And Henry, you know, he grew up in Florence, Arizona, uh, ranch kid. Uh, went out to California on a vacation and hung around for a while and worked on a couple of pictures as an extra and then as a writer. And he liked it. He'd come back and he, I'm going out to California. And he went and he worked and he worked up extra. Writer, He's uh, listed in a number of stunt. productions as a stuntman, uncredited. Oh, that's you know, bunches you, of them. If you look, if you look at the, you really get in and dig deep on the on the production list on these shows there's probably more people uncredited than yeah. uncredited mm -hmm. nowadays it's the other way around you go to a movie and you, you sit for five five to twenty minutes of credit movie while they're running credits for things you know some guy that uh, the tweezer polder you know, he, you know, he, you know he, was, he was doing widgets on the on the gidget yeah you know just, just Todd like, what's your opinion there uh, on character actors well, I totally agree with you. Uh, you know, Harry, you and I have talked about in the past that Sidney Greenstreet and Pity Laurie couldn't get a job today in Hollywood. Yeah, they wouldn't really. survive. They'd, yeah. they'd, they'd be told that there was an opening at the uh, front security gate. Um, you know, uh, they could get a job maybe there. Um, the only two that I can think of that work regularly in our top notch are uh, Tim Blake Nelson from... Uh, Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? And also in uh, that uh, that film that we like so much uh, uh, by our friend uh, um, John and his buddy, uh, 12 Westerns in 12 Months. Travis Mills. Uh, Travis Mills. Uh, he had, he used uh, Tim Blake Nelson in one. And, and the other one and was... And, was uh, and Travis himself is a... As a character actor, yeah. in one picture he's <laughs> yeah. just doing a little, a little couple of lines, yeah. and then another yeah. one he's like the whole picture. Right. I'm sorry. Well, Tom. and the other one is uh, John Turturro, who's also yeah. in Where Brother Art Thou. Yeah. Uh, who's you know both are not just dramatic character actors; they're comedic character actors. Well, you know, I and also shouldn't be forgotten that uh, Michael Ironside uh, also is in, in in that film as a character actor. So what, he's only, he never is in com comedies. He's always a bad guy, always a heavy. So what changed in Hollywood that uh, we don't see character actors any longer? No, no, well, you don't have I'll studio give contracts. The, the, I'll give you the bad news, Harry uh, and Bunker. Here is the, the what changed Hollywood is what continues to change Hollywood and direct Hollywood, which is Madison Avenue. Mm -hmm. Madison Avenue has told Hollywood that you need to make things marketed. And marketing, and that people want, you know, uh, and their example is basically look at what we've done for the car world and the cereal world and the makeup world and everything else that we sell on television. Um, your films are two hour long commercials. So you need to have good looking people because when you have a good looking person in that role, 
uh, good, tall, good-looking, attractive guy or gal, then uh, you know when they're drinking the soda pop, people are going to look at that soda pop and want it. And the difference is, is the guy who loses out is the oddball character actors: Struther Martin, Lee Van Cleef, Sidney Greenstreet, uh, uh, Peter Lorre. Uh, uh, well, you know uh, why even, they couldn't get even work if you today? At, even even if you look, they can't at, get work uh, today uh, because Bruce they Stern. don't have abs. Yeah, they, yeah, that's a good point. Well, but that's what I just said, yeah. Bunker. Is is that it's all about appearance? Yeah. It's not about depth. It's not about acting ability. It's not about anything. Well, think you could about just as easily use a model. Think and give about them no this. lines. Think about this. All of the all of the sidekicks that we you know that we all love so dearly. None of them would be working today. No, none of them. Pat Buttram. And that's, uh, and that's those Buster, guys Andy were Devine, a key to the Fuzzy St. John. Yeah, they 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 were all key to uh, to making the story be the story that it was. Well, I just read a piece here. This a guy that writes for the movies, and he he pointed out. He says, you know, he says it's not the leads. He says a movie is like a river. The lead is the main river. He says, but it's all of the streams and creeks and tributaries that feed into that river that makes that river a river. You know, even in television... Well, that's why they're called supporting roles. Yeah, even in television... They're there to support the lead actor or actress. In 1974, I'll go back to 1974 and the uh, show The Rockford Files... Um, you had Noah Berry Jr. as as uh, uh, plays Rockford's dad, and you had Stuart Margolis, and you had Stuart Margolis in there. And later, when uh, when Garner came back with uh, um, his Nichols, yeah. the, the Nichols series, Stuart Margolis is there as a and character actor. And, and in Brett well, Maverick. that's such a great example, yeah. Harry, of of a, of a great character actor, Stuart Margolis. Well, you know how great of a character actor he was. He's the comedic uh, relief, along with Noah Berry Jr. in the Rockford Files. But also remember something: he's the guy that gives Charles Bronson his gun yeah. in Death Wish, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. which is a very dramatic part. Even though he's a very laid-back character, plays it very laid-back. But yeah. if you remember something, which is still one of my fantasies to this day, and I'm going to have it's on my bucket list. <laughs> if I achieve it, you guys will be invited. But yeah. He takes him downstairs. He has a big, beautiful home in Tucson. He takes him downstairs in the basement, and he has transformed the basement into a shooting range, mm-hmm. an indoor shooting range. And you might not remember it. I didn't remember it until a few years back when I watched my dad's film again, Death Wish, Death Wish 1. The, bat, the walls are decorated with old movie posters of westerns. <laughs> and I thought to myself, now this guy's my hero. That that's that's how I want to live, but more poignantly to the point is the guy was such a great actor. He was very funny, and he could also be a very good bad guy. Yes, yeah. he was also a very good bad guy in Burt Reynolds's film Sharky's Machine with yes. Rachel Ward yep. and uh, uh, Vittorio Gassman and Earl Holliman. He's a great actor. He's always been a great actor. I want to point out something here because there's a show. It's 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 not it's not running now, but it's in syndication. Longmire. That yeah. show is that's that show. That's what it's about. Is the character actors. Everybody. It is one of the best cast shows I've ever seen, and I have seen performances by Indian actors that just totally blew me away and I'm going, why aren't these guys working? The women, the men, they are so good. And and you know, if it wasn't for Longmire, they wouldn't be working. That's because it's a television right. production from uh, right. AMC and uh, AMC, Netflix, Amazon, say what you will about them, but well, they seem to understand what's going on in the movie biz and are making movies that well, people they, definitely they want to watch. For the people, they make them for the Well, for and the they've taken all the power the... away from the agencies. Yeah. Throughout the 80s and the 90s and part of the 2000s, or should I say the first decade of, the, of this, this new millennium we're in, the agencies were in power. They controlled it, not the movie producers. The studios before the movie producers, the moguls, the studios, then the producers, then the agents. And yeah, they if you want so and so, you well, got to take so and so. 
the streaming uh, entities have taken all that power away because they're willing to make anything. They'll make anything and they use any actor. And one of your points of, of character actors not getting work, the only area that I can, or uh, shall I say environment, that I do see them working in, other than the streaming areas, is in Coen Brothers movies. Yeah. Because they find these great character actors, oh, yes. like in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah, Steve Buscemi. Or any of these other. Steve Buscemi. Yeah. And my good, good friend, um, who's now gone, uh, um, Seymour, uh, Seymour, uh, Seymour Gassell, uh, who was a great actor, who was in many, many pictures, played a lot of bad guys. Uh, he was in uh, uh, The Killers with Lee Marvin and Angie Dickinson and so many other great films. Uh, and that's where the, you see these, these character actors are now well, in, in those who's? films. And also Spike Jones films. You know, uh, and uh, 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 the other guy, Gus Van Zandt films and Jim Jarmusch films. That's where we see the character actors now. But those guys do not subscribe to the Madison Avenue uh, byline. They're outside the system. Well, here's here's something to think about. This is one of the great ironies of the bees. This conversation got me to thinking about it. In the bees, uh, the way Hollywood worked back then... That's where all of the young actresses were tried out, and a lot of them were just girlfriends that did one movie and they were bad and they were moved on. But uh, you know, it's hard. You know, there's a few. I, I can't remember her name. The actress that played the, the two different actors played Duchess on the Red Rider series. Uh, Evelyn Brent. There were some great actors. Well, she was a star, but you know, the women seem to have gotten a very short strife. As far as really great parts, well, with a few exceptions. Yeah, uh, 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 who am I thinking of? Rita Hayworth. Oh, Rita Casino. Yeah. Is a perfect example. When she got dropped from Fox, she uh, freelanced and made a bunch of bees. Not a bunch, but four or five bees. And then got a, a contract back with the Columbia, and we know the rest, uh, the history oh, there. If you look at it, well, and, it's like some, and, some, and, some of the uh, old cowboy actors, they, they've commented on this in interviews throughout their, he said, uh, Johnny Mac Brown was one of them. He said, he says, you know, every movie, it seemed like I had a different girl. Yeah. And he says, and she would do my movie, and then no one would ever see her again. Yeah, right. Well, there was, let, let's, let's, let's. And, and Bucker, you know as well as anyone because of being in the film and television for so long. There's an equity in this industry. There always has been an equity in this industry. There's an equity uh, in the world. Uh, 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 exactly. But in this industry, and to this day, there is still an equity towards women in this industry. There always has been. And only when there hasn't been is when somebody like Marion Davies or Lillian Gish or... Uh, Mary Pickford or whoever it was stood up and said, you know what? I'm not Betty Davis. I'm not playing your game. I'm going to do my own thing. If, if, if you don't like it, so be it. But I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And blazed a trail for all the other women that have come after him. And these inequities still exist to this day. Now, it's unfair to say that it's purposely they're underpaid. Because they're, we, they are consciously discriminated against. You're paid what you bring in. If you bring in big dollars, you'll get paid for big dollars. And that comes and goes with male actors as well. That's the nature of the industry and always has been. No greater example, what you were just saying, Harry, was uh, uh, Judy Garland. Yeah. You know, which in 1948, Louis B. Mayer started having, there were some rumblings already in the late 48. By 49, it had come into literally uh, the opposite of a fever pitch. The radio silence was deafening. They weren't calling her. Nothing was happening. And finally, um, she fell, she had divorced from Vincent Minnelli. She fell in love with Sid Luft, who was in a, uh, a test pilot and was a fighter pilot prior to that. And was a very good friend of my dad's, and that's the only reason I know these stories about Judy Garland is mm -hmm. he basically tried to buy her out of his contract with Louis B. Mayer at MGM. Yeah, and he wouldn't he wouldn't take his calls. So finally, he drove down there, and he walked in, and you know, Sid Luft. Listen, Sid Luft had fear of nothing, <laughs> and I mean that in in and I'll go toe to toe with anybody who says yeah. anything different. Yeah, yeah. 
The guy used to fly jets that were practice jets. They were guinea pigs. He was the <laughs> guinea pig. Yeah. You talk about spam in the can. Every time he went up, he was potential for spam. For in the sure. Can. For sure. Do you think that a movie, movie, uh, a movie studio executive could intimidate? Eh, him? Not likely. He was afraid of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So he went in and he said to, "I want to buy your contract." And he said, and Mayor said something to the effect of, uh, "No, I'm going to relegate her to." You know, the fat older sister roles and uh, or those parts and, uh, you know, something to the effect of, listen, uh, I've offered you a fair dollar for her contract. Yep. And I've been a gentleman up to this point. Um, but uh, I'm not really willing to take it much farther than that with you. If you want to take it in a different direction, I'm more than happy to accommodate you. Yeah. And don't forget. Louis B. Mayer was as tough as they come. Yep. At the age of 10, he was a junk man on the streets of the Lower East Side of New York. Yeah, that's 10 where years he, old. Yep, that's where he grew up. Hey, So got, he, we, he also had no fear as well. That's it. We got to do our final commercial break here in tune with Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. We'll be back with much more of our show, well, the last nine minutes or so, right after this. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I Miss Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tank of Verde in Tucson. 520-777-1911. <laughs> I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses. So they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. <laughs> Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldier's Registry, an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. Would have to get caught at a time like this, Harvey. I've got orders for over a thousand head of horses at double the usual price. Oh, I'm sorry, boss. It never happened before, though. We did all right on the other three raids, didn't we? There are four men standing between us and a fortune. The 
sheriff and the three musketeers. I want them out of the way. How you do it is your own business. Now you're talking, Rance. This is the Voices of the West. Let's go spark and I'll run out the rig And we'll go driving down the lane For the moon is mellow and the wise old owl says We won't be bothered by rain We're back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West Harry Alexander Bunker to France and Todd Roberts in Los Angeles I want that fellow rubbed out <laughs> We're streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch just north of Tucson for you. And, and before I forgot, forget Forget it I used to earn a living with this mouth, and what a living it was. Yes. Um, I have to... Uh, Testing pickles for pucker. Uh, it, it, what you said. <laughs> um, I have to give a shout-out to my grandson. What did he do? Uh, nothing. Oh, today well, he's is always it, doing something. He's, today is, it, is the young man's birthday. He's well, eight years birthday, old. happy birthday, Squirt. Yep, that's uh, my youngest grandson, Mr. Zander. And what is his name, Harry? Mr. Zander. Zander. Uh-huh. And he is eight years old today. Woo, doggies. Oh, yeah, oh, that's goodness. great. Congratulations, young Dipper. man. Is there a big to-do tonight? No, tomorrow there is a oh. big big old party, oh. a kid's party and party, adult party. party and God knows what else hey, party. Those kids know how to party. By the way, Xander, yeah, my, my telephone number is, uh, <laughs> is this, and you can call me, and I'll give you all the tips on how to squeeze your grandpa real good. Yeah. you get all the best gifts out of him. You really don't want to do that. <laughs> hey, I got I got a goodie here for you. This is a cowboy quote. All right. And it comes from uh, Wild Bill Whitney, the director, and he was talking to Alan Lane, late in life, and he said, Rocky? I understand you're the voice of Mr. Ed. I always figured you for the other end of the horse. <laughs> and what did Lane respond? Or does it say? Well, Wilbur, that hurts. <laughs> or is it oh, coming from Will Whitney, William Whitney, that, uh, yeah, that, I mean, one of the great directors. Well, here's another one for you. This I, I love this one. This was a Bonanza episode, The Trouble with Trouble. And they're in the sheriff's office, and on the wall is a wanted poster. And the fellow on the poster, name is Bronco Lane. Oh! And the picture on the poster is Ty Harden. I'm Bronco Lane. <laughs> How funny. Isn't that cool? <laughs> I found this... Uh, Inside joke. I know. I found this streaming channel that uh, plays... Well, they think they have all the episodes of Sky King, but in reality, they don't. Yeah. Uh, but it's still so cool to watch... Sky King, because I remember watching Sky King, and that is a Western, damn it. Uh, yes. watched, it's a modern-day Western. That's right. Watched it a modern-day uh, Western. many a time uh, as a child. Well, not as a child, as a kid uh, growing up and uh, got my interest in aviation. And my wife says, well, you're a dork, but, you know, whatever. Well, you are a dork, but that's <laughs> no, all right. You're, you're, you know, I, 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 I don't, the Sky I, King. I, I'm, I'm going to the argue radio this version. point. You're not a dork, Harry. You're not a dork. You're yes, a pirate. Yeah, well, I know You're a that. pirate. Yar that I am. I be one. Yeah, so. He's from the good ship, dork. <laughs> so I just want to throw this out to our audience if they say to themselves, you know, we like the show, but Todd has a chance, has a habit of getting off topic. Um, and I just want to say that I apologize for that, but only to get back to one point or make a final point on what we were talking about, what you said, how has Hollywood changed, is can you imagine that Judy Garland is basically fired from MGM? <laughs> yes, her husband, Sid Luff, buys her out of her contract, and... She then goes off and doesn't know what to do. He supports her, helps her, and becomes her manager, her producer, and everything else, and puts her in the Palace Theater. She has a run that is legendary in the history of the Palace in New York. And uh, when that ends, she had, there's such a commotion and a furor about her in the industry, she goes off and makes A Star is Born and becomes bigger than she ever was before. Yeah, and that's right. And not with MGM. Yeah. So... How then go. does she become in vogue if you're so out of vogue? There you go. And that's that's because you have people in marketing selling cigarettes and cereal making decisions in Hollywood. And on that note, we're out of time. But well, can you I got do this? Take us out on this? Very this quickly. This is a quote from Ben Johnson. Respect is what we've lost in this country. Too many young people don't have respect for their parents. 50% of the parents don't even respect their children. Imagine that. 
All right. That's Thank it. you. That's Thank it. you, Bunker. That's it for this edition of Amal Franzi's Voices of the West. Next time we get together, which will be next Saturday, the 9th of April, yes, our really. guest will be author Sherry Monahan. I'm looking for This and, is going to be a good one. And she's got, she's got a couple of, she's got a new one out, and we're going to be talking about her books. So until then. I learned so much. 78, 79, 80 slaps to you all. <laughs> so long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West. 